Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast, formerly powered by Session 6, Sport Performance. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the table from my co-host as always, Kathy Waite. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. We're into 2020, mm-hmm. um, and this is episode 22 of our uh, podcast Yeah, it's hard series. to believe. Yeah, the podcast series is brought to you by our Base Builder training program. Um, we're taking you through our off-season base builder program, kind of thought processes, how we organize our off-season training and build a base, a better base. And uh, by listening, you can learn a thing or two from what we're doing and or follow along with our exact training program and be a fitter and faster cyclist here coming up in the next couple months. It'll be spring. So, Yeah, it feels like it should be spring sooner than it's probably going to be because I think it just officially became winter. winter right. But <laughs> somehow that makes me feel better once we like kind of cross over into the like the new year, like, yeah. okay, we're heading towards the warmer months again, more sunlight, more warmth. Yeah, a couple minutes every day of yeah. more sunlight. It makes me happy. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to that as well. Yeah, we're coming off a busy holiday season. You and I are both a bit bleary-eyed today. Yep. Um, and, oh, we were talking about the name, sorry. Yeah, so usually we say this is the podcast sponsored by Session 6 Sport Performance, but we introduced it as Weight Endurance, so... Cody, could you explain that a little bit so that we don't confuse people? Oh, sure. Yeah. So we're in the midst. Those of you that have been around us for a while um, have noticed over the last year, year and a half, um, kind of gradually transitioning things from Session 6 uh, to weight endurance. So we opened Session 6 Sport Performance here in Lakewood, Colorado four years ago. Um, and that was encompassing a lot of different things, our our base builder trainer program with a trainer studio, um, our coaching brand. Um, we, back then we also offered CrossFit. You are and were still are. Yeah. I'm still coaching CrossFit there for sure. But you and I just realized we couldn't have a, a divided focus. I was trying to run the CrossFit gym and you were running the, the coaching business, and we didn't get enough time together to build our brand, to build our coaching right. business. And what we're most passionate about is endurance sports and specifically cycling. So um, it's been kind of a, a, a bit of a progression here, yeah. but we actually sold the gym, Session 6, about a year about a year ago. Um, and that's been a long transition of like changing names and rebranding and doing all these things. Um, and we still run our base builder trainer and strength programs out of session six. Um, but now the CrossFit side is being run by Sean, Coach Sean, who's doing a great job uh, kind of rebuilding, bringing that back. Um, and, and that's what he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been now that he's finally landed on like a, his CrossFit brand name and he's in the midst of, he's even painting sadly to us, like painting over our cool like session six mural in the gym. But it's appropriate. It's like the end of our time kind of being in charge. Yeah. It brings like a closure to that. And then, and it all We don't even know the new name yet. No, we don't. He hasn't even shared it. He's going to announce it this week and there's a party on Friday night. Yeah. So it's like congrats to him and, and he's doing a great job with that. And then simultaneously we're excited to be, all in fully focused on weight endurance so that's our now our coaching brand and then kind of dovetailing off of that with we devo um being our junior team we development and And i'd um, say that our people like our group who trains with us didn't even know we sold the crossfit gym right because to them it was the same we were still there they were still there 
it didn't matter. It still said session six everywhere. And it still doesn't matter. The the point is that we will refer to ourselves now on this podcast and on social media as weight endurance instead of mixing it. And um, yeah, I'm excited about that part of it. It makes more sense. Like our last name is weight. The, the, Development team is based off of that off of that name, We Devo. Um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah, so it's good timing with the new year. To, mm-hmm. I think it just that sort of came by chance, I suppose. But right, right. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, so moving forward, it'll be the Weight Endurance Podcast, um, powered by We, powered by us, <laughs> <laughs> or just the Weight Endurance Podcast. Um, very good. Well, we've we're coming off of the busy holiday season. Like our heads are still spinning. Yeah, we literally drove all Goodness. day, more than a day, seemingly. Yeah, um, crack it on from Phoenix to back home, um, coming off our training camp in Arizona, which we want to talk a lot about. Um, oh, you know, okay, you you go turn off the heater. Sorry, we we do our podcast from our laundry room, and sometimes we forget to turn off the the HVAC system. Um, but what we're planning to do is recap our testing that we had done before we left the holidays and talk about the results we had in our strength session um, testing and the results from our um, bike testing. So we want to highlight a few people specifically and then just in general talk about um, the test results. Also talk about how do we interpret the test results because a lot of you have done the, the test at home and might have questions about specific numbers, um, kind of overall questions. I, I mean, I know personally I have some questions to ask Cody about my own numbers. So. Yeah, because everyone, some people, everyone improved in some level, but in what way? And mm-hmm. sometimes the test results are a little deceptive, seemingly like you didn't improve, but then if you kind of step back and take sort of more of that 10,000-foot view, you, everyone did improve mm-hmm. um, in, in-house here speaking. So... We'll go over a couple different scenarios of people where they actually saw lower numbers, but it actually mean meant they they have improved. It, <laughs> right, which can be so confusing. It's a so little confusing, so we'll, we'll cover talk that. about that. We're also going to recap our our training camp we just had in Arizona. Um, talk that will be like a follow up about our um, high volume training blocks we talked about in a previous podcast. Which podcast number was that? I don't remember. Uh, Eighteen, couple, maybe couple or ago. Yeah. Um, and then we will spend some time looking forward to what we have coming up and talk about the, the intervals and the and the strength training yeah new, up. new block it's sort of block two on in the trainer mm-hmm. studio so um moving progressing on from the aerobic training we're still training aerobically and that gets a little confusing that's what i wanted to kind of explain in the show today um but definitely introducing higher intensity work coming up which is fun i, I enjoy it um all right so let's should we start with the, the testing? um testing yeah so the week week before we left for the holidays, or we took a break for the holiday time, Christmas and New Year's, we did several different tests in the gym. We did our strength test and we did our bike test. It was a little bit stressful for me. I, I don't really like doing the strength test because people have a tendency to want to overdo it. Yeah, um, you're speaking of like the one rep max. The one rep max. Yeah. And, and like I've said many times um, on the podcast and in person with the group, I don't like calling it a one rep max test. Right. I like calling it um, a just chance to find a new heavy max. Right. Because there's no point in pushing at that extra couple pounds. Um, so overall, it was it worked out very well in class. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> um, thank God. And we saw improvements. Um, 
I have in front of me a list of all the young writers on the team, um, how they did. I know that the adults improved as well, but I don't have their numbers in front of me. Uh, I was very happy to see that all of our um, WeDevo writers improved significantly, actually. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It was really awesome. Like, some of them were dramatic. Well, um, some of them, to be clear, some of them were coming from zero or very little strength training background. When they were. 16, so when we were setting their spreadsheets for the training, we weren't really sure what numbers to put in. We've talked about two that. Two months ago, right? Yeah, two yeah. months ago. And so, for example, um, Jack and Ethan, two of our newer writers, we just weren't sure. So we had their back squat set at around... I think it was like 140 to 160, and then their deadlifts were almost the same. And they had huge improvements. Like Ethan and Jack both back squatted 180, so they they maxed out about 40 pounds heavier than the number that the spreadsheet had been based on. Mm-hmm. And then their deadlifts, they both did 265, and I think that their spreadsheets had been based on 150, 160. Yeah. That was, that was crazy. So um, good for them. Another shout out to Nate. He's um, a returning writer from last year. Yeah, big improvements from year one to yeah, year two and now. We've affectionately called him Nate the Noodle because <laughs> <laughs> he has like hypermobile or lax joints. And um, I mean, he when he started, he was fifteen. He right. was really just still developing kind of as that a typical thin, skinny, fifteen-year-old. Yeah. 15 year old, yeah. And he he's made huge improvements in his body awareness, in his muscular development, in his. Um, muscular control and I mean his deadlift went up to 195 from like 130 yeah so that was crazy that's so, amazing yeah. and there's so many people that did well I shout outs to all of them really but um yeah I was really really pleased to see their progress and I'm sure they're just going to keep getting stronger and stronger yeah absolutely so young people definitely have that advantage on their side of like each year they're all of these young writers are going to just get stronger and stronger to a point, it's like when you first, from my experience, seeing myself, but also all the athletes coming in and out of the gym, you know, it's like the first like three to four years of weightlifting mm-hmm. is where you make big, big gains. And then from there, it kind of starts to really taper off. And the same can be said for um, all the bike training, too. Yeah. It's the first four or five years that you make big strides, and then it's like much smaller increments of mm-hmm. improvements after that. But um, yeah, I mean, these young athletes, teenage athletes, I mean, if they can get the correct form that they're learning now, I mean, that's going to take them so far in, in being doing strength training correctly and just gradually continuing and progressing each year. So, yeah, to see Nate in his second year make that big of an improvement is, is amazing. I mean, he's basically darn near close to squatting and deadlifting what I lift, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. And so he'll continue to improve, and next year he'll be well above. Well, funny enough, his bike numbers were about the same as yours, yeah, he too. Fin- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll touch on that, your too. your little prodigy. Um, and so yesterday when we, when we were driving back to Arizona, Sophia, our daughter, was talking about the strength training numbers um, and just wanting to get stronger and stronger. And we're like, whoa, sis, you know, the goal isn't to be like a power lifter here. Right. Um, the goal is to be a stronger, safer rider so that you're, yeah, you improve with your mountain bike racing, mm-hmm. not so that you are deadlifting 300 pounds. Right. Um, and then she did put it together and recognize that with all the miles we did at the training camp, her back never once hurt. Right. Yeah, it makes you a much more durable human mm-hmm. and more capable human 
Um, so when you're doing whatever activities, but in this case, riding our bikes, um, not only are we better at that, but our bodies tend to just hold up better and they don't ache as much and get sore as much. And also in the event of falling, you're much more likely to be able to spring back up and not mm-hmm. have you know collateral damage from crashing. So people that don't strength train um, tend to injure, get injured more easily. Um, I can attest to that. When I first started mountain biking, we, I think we were doing a little bit of strength training, but we hadn't fully developed like our vision for it and our program. And it was mostly like free weights and core. And we hadn't quite gotten into like the more heavy back squats and deadlifts. And, um, I also, I was falling a lot as a new rider. Um, and yeah, I would, I felt like my shoulders hurt a lot because I would land hard on my shoulders. I didn't have enough muscular control to keep keep it all together yeah, yeah. so um i don't know fall as much anymore but i do feel like i the, the word durable is perfect to to mm-hmm. characterize how i feel now like way more durable as an athlete right right and that's in many ways that's one of the biggest benefits of strength training for endurance athletes mm-hmm. is that durability aspect um not to mention being able to push harder on the pedals too it does translate that way as well yeah and lift up and over rocks I think about that a lot I also used to not have the strength to like do a pretty technical rocky uphill climb because I didn't have the upper body strength to get up and over things and it's a different ball game now I feel pretty confident on I mean not huge things but like pretty confident on most technical uphills that I can do it yeah it all makes a big 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 difference so um yeah really cool to see that just in you know eight short weeks of a focused strength build to mm-hmm. see that kind of strength improvement is awesome. Um, I know, like you said earlier, we did see our adult athletes, many of them, especially ones newer to weightlifting, saw quite a big, you know, a lot of big jumps as mm-hmm. well. Um, those that have been doing this for a year or two or three with us, also, um, I think, continue to improve, but maybe not quite as much of a percentage of improvement. Right. Um, right. I know. Speaking of myself personally. Um, I don't know. I think I hit two ten or two fifteen. I forget. On I what the back squat? Or both that? actually. I'm oh. sort of generally speaking. I'm a little different. So generally speaking, most people will back. Or, well, sorry, will deadlift a little bit more than they back squat, mm-hmm. or or sometimes a lot more. Um, with me, I've had um, herniated discs and just kind of a lifelong. Um, we'll call it a back issue. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing outrageous, nothing in severity like yours with spondylolisthesis, but I'm just have a, a compromised back. So my, my back squatting and deadlifting has always been very, very close. Um, the past years, my, I could back squat a few, like 10 to 20 pounds more, <laughs> but I've noticed that gap has basically all but yeah. gone away. And I'm basically the same. Essentially I got, I've been able to get stronger at squatting a little bit mm-hmm. while well, my deadlift has more or less stayed the same. Oh, um, gotcha. And so they've kind of... Oh, you're saying your back squat used to be 10 pounds less. I 10 to 20, okay. yeah. It, uh, so they've just now become more equal. And that's just me as an individual. Well, I'm more like that too. I, and I, well, I guess we're both unusual there because with my back issues, uh, I think most people have heard me talk about my back. I had a severe case of spondyl, spondylolisthesis and actually I just celebrated my 10th year anniversary of my spinal fusion yeah. on December 23rd, um, which is kind of an emotional day for me. Like just every year I think about like where I came from and, and, um, feeling a lot of gratitude for what I can 
do. Right. Um, so my back squat and my deadlift are actually very close to, and I did not retest this year or this, this, um, time because I had missed a lot of strength training sessions due to my pulled hamstring. So I'm just going to kind of ease back into weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. And from year to year for me, um, I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not really getting any stronger for me to get stronger, meaning lifting more weights. Um, I would need to do weightlifting more frequently and make that my focus, which is not. So I'm quite happy of each year being able to maintain on t- two times a week strength training the kind of one rep maxes I can do as, yeah, as I'm sure. getting older. Into my 40s, if I can just stay there every year, you know, build up and just hit that same number every year, I consider that a win. I feel and, the same way. You know, knock on wood, I have no back problems, no back soreness. I mean, when we did our multi-hour rides last week, it never even crossed my mind. I mean, nothing really actually got sore. Usually my butt will get sore, but even that held up pretty good. <laughs> um, well, thank God. Yeah, so that's a testament to the strength training too. It's just, yeah. I always think of it as the elixir of, you know, anti-aging, you know, keeps you younger. And there's plenty of studies to back that up too. So, um, yeah, good. I think all around... Yeah, it was really good. Everyone did So great. we'll talk more about what's coming up in strength training in the next podcast um, for the next block. Let's talk about the bike results. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so we, we did our um, our aerobic and anaerobic power tests um, two weeks ago. And again, improvements across the board. So for those that aren't, aren't aware, we have um, essentially 45 athletes training in-house with us um, at, the, at session six. Um, to, within these three different trainer classes that we have. So we've got a, that's a fairly decent sample size. Now, not everyone has done the pre and now the post test, I guess you would call it, or the first and the second test. Um, some people miss the first test, some people miss the second test, but I still think out of all 45, I mean, we got around 30 of them, you know, 30 data points of improvement. So not, it's still a pretty good sample size. And I think on average here, I calculated out roughly here, about a 14-15% improvement across the board um, for the aerobic threshold, the 20-minute aerobic test. Um, so that's a super big yeah. number. Yeah, I personally, I only improved 5%, but I, that I was thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so 5% seemed significant to me. Would, would you agree? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, I think I said this earlier, but... The more years you have under your belt of training, the much smaller the increments that you're okay. going to improve. Um, whereas people doing this for just the first couple of years will see large improvements. Um, you know, we had some people here first year doing this with us that improved their aerobic threshold power by 20, 22%, which is massive. So, um, you know, that's a big jump. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I barely improved a few percentages from because right. mine just doesn't change that much <laughs> well you've done thousands and thousands of miles right i know that i still had lots of improvement that i could make on my aerobic endurance um i guess i wished i had been more percentages but five percent is still five percent so i'll take it absolutely yeah if you're going up you're going up um and then on the anaerobic test so that's our four minute and one minute anaerobic power tests um most folks improved, saw some level of improvement, um, but a few did not. And I want to touch on, you know, 
we'll do some kind of case scenarios um of like what to expect um but in general across the board i mean looking at fatigue rates and increases in ftp i mean everyone is on average the average amongst the 30 or so people um went up about nine to 11 percent um as well so still a, a super solid improvement on that as well um and you know i mean for some shout outs i mean um what do we have here highlighted i know we saw some of our junior athletes i mean nate again not to brag too much about well him. we did tell him we were gonna give him some shout outs so right nate here you go <laughs> yeah i mean he went from 181 for his aerobic power test to uh, 217. So yeah. I think you calculated that was like a 21%. I think, yeah, I just did a bunch of numbers. I think that was 20, 20%. Yeah, so that's a, a huge that's crazy. improvement. Well, he's been put, he and all the other kids really been putting in so many weekend miles. Mm-hmm. Like we'll do three to five hours both weekend days and it paid off. Yeah, I mean, that aerobic training, it absolutely pays off. And then he continued to improve even anaerobically too, even though we weren't really training our anaerobic power at all um going from like 338 for his four minute up to 361 so that's a solid improvement and 469 for that one minute up to um 502 502 watts amazing so big improvement over last year big improvement just in the last eight weeks um and again his numbers yeah i think they were my the anaerobic numbers his numbers were quite close to like what I did um why don't I see mine yeah it was like 378 for four minutes and 504 for one minute um in the anaerobic test so I mean he was essentially had the same numbers as me which is really cool because last year it it wasn't even close no not even close at all but yeah yeah, he's come a long way and I think he still weighs less than me too so he has a slight (laughs) slight edge so on a short uphill steep uphill climb in theory he could uh, potentially beat me there so good job Nate <laughs> um yeah and then um Jack on our team Jack and Ethan both uh two newer riders um so this is our first year training you know training them um saw some huge improvements you know sub 200 watts for 20 minutes on the aerobic side and uh, boosting that up um well Jack was at 241 aerobic power um, which is really, really good, um, up from 196. So, I mean, that's a testament to those long rides, focusing on that aerobic threshold, you know, 75, 80% of max heart rate kind of stuff. Um, and I think, I mean, most of our young athletes improved significantly on that. Um, well, the consistency is huge, and we wanted to talk about that as one of the reasons that maybe people didn't see improvements. You know, one of the adult females was a bit disappointed in her test. And as you, I think it was, or no, it was uh, Michael, I think it was, but as you guys talked about, you know, being honest about how the last couple months went, like how often did he really have time to come to class? He had a, he's a busy work life and family life. And if you just don't get the training sessions in, it's, it's clear when you retest that you didn't get the work in. Right. I mean, yeah. So if you're testing and you're not seeing improvements, you got to really take a step back and see what exactly did you accomplish over the last training block mm-hmm. that would yield the, the improvements you're hoping to see. I mean, having the workouts on your training schedule 
is one thing, but it's you got to accomplish. You got to do the workouts, and no one, including myself, is expected to hit a hundred percent of the workouts. But if you're hitting ninety percent of the workouts, um, it's almost impossible not to improve. Um, but you know, so take a step back, and you know, if you're like, I didn't really improve much or any. Mm-hmm. What's your percentage of completion, you know, your completion rate of workouts, you know, consistency day to day, week to week, that's how you make improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's definitely something to look at if, if someone, you know, at home here following along in our remote program didn't see much of an improvement, that's when, that's probably the first place to look. Well, in the aerobic threshold improvements, also, you need more than just those two trainer sessions. You need some time on the weekends to get some miles in. Yeah. So you'll, it's all about the minutes. All about the minutes that you're putting in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had somebody else in class that um, was a little disappointed because uh, their numbers didn't change either. And we had a discussion of like, well, what did your what did today look like for you? This was a evening class person. What did yesterday look like for you? And we kind of drilled it down and figured out, oh, you didn't you had lunch at 11 a.m. and now we're doing this test at 6.30 p.m. Oh, and she didn't eat anything? Right. Oh. So, of course you didn't do that great. Yeah. <laughs> well, she has a stressful job, too. She's a paramedic. So I think she could also work a lot of hours and... and forget, well, what happened is... We, well, we drilled it down. We talked about it. And it was like, well, she said well, she's very diligent on her work days to pack food. Mm, and has, okay. like, more of a structured schedule of, like, okay, it's this time of the day. It's time to eat. Here, I've got it packed. But that day that we did the test was one of her off days. So she was out running errands and doing uh, things. interesting. On her, like, unusual, her week- weekend schedule, essentially. And, like, just didn't eat like she was supposed to. And didn't think about eating, yeah, because oh, she was going, okay. going, going. And then, you know, low blood sugar is not conducive <laughs> no. to putting out good power. So that sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah, so we figured it out. So it was like, oh, shoot, you know, kind of botched that one, but lesson learned. Um, so there's a lot of factors at play. Um, and then another thing to kind of look at is everyone I'm pretty sure everyone yeah improved on their aerobic 20 minute test most people also improved if not a lot at least a little on the anaerobic test the Mm -hmm. four minute and the one minute so you have to look back and say what were we training over the last eight weeks that first block was all about strength training in the gym which can lead to improvements particularly in the one minute power and most people improved a little more in the one minute relative to the four minute and then on the bike it was all the aerobic training all the aerobic threshold work Um, so of course people are going to improve that 20 minute test more so than their four and one minute test and to reiterate those kind of joining us now it's like our 20 minute test is not the typical 20 minute ftp test where it's like a 20 minute all out time trial our 20-minute test is capped at 80% of your max heart rate. You want to stay there for like 19 of those 20 minutes. Use that first minute to warm up. And then we capture what that average power is over those 20 minutes at 80% of max heart rate. So this is not your typical 20-minute time trial. And all of the workouts we've been doing have followed suit, capping at 80%, trying to spend as much time as possible between 75 and 80% of max heart rate thereby developing that aerobic energy system. This is not too unsimilar to the kind of sweet spot, which a lot of people are, are hot on these days. 
Um, I'd say our aerobic threshold is probably the very bottom range of sweet spot. Um, so it's a little bit, quote, easier or less stressful than sweet spot, but it's still targeting the same um, energy system, mm -hmm. essentially, without kind of pushing it closer to anaerobic threshold and making it a little more stressful. So this is more of like the low end of, of sweet spot. And the benefits there to train your aerobic energy system. And so that's where people saw their improvements. Well, I saw, like I said, 5% improvement on my aerobic threshold. But mm -hmm. I went down in my numbers on my four-minute test and my one-minute test. Right. So I wanted to ask you some questions about that. Yeah. So, so probably two, two things at play here. One is our energy systems are all interconnected. So our aerobic energy system, our anaerobic energy system, and our like sprint or peak power energy system, kind of A-lactate. They're all interconnected, and you you can train all three at the same time. Most people don't, um, but it's a, it's a, like a sliding scale of when one improves, inevitably the other one. I'll focus on aerobic and anaerobic. Um, will go down, and so if you're concentrating on aerobic training, chances are your anaerobic abilities will stay the same or even go down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's extremely difficult, especially in elite athletes, it's more or less impossible to improve both at the same time, um, unless you're like coming off the couch of an injury or early in the off season or something. Um, so it's a, a bit of a give and take. And that's the whole concept of like periodization in training. It's like you, you spend time training those different energy systems, different times of the year, building them up, trying to maximize both at different times of the year to give you the best you when it, when race day comes and when race season's here. Okay. Um, so we've been focused on the aerobic side of things, so it makes sense that your anaerobic came down. Yeah, when when we tested the first time, I was racing cyclocross one or two times a week. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that one is pretty obvious. I was going super hard in these cyclocross races, mm -hmm. therefore training the one and four-minute power several times a week. Yeah. And when we did that test the first time, I was thrilled at how high my numbers were like oh my god i'm gonna <laughs> this is amazing I, they were sort of like hyper inflated from the racing and so um yeah it was a bit discouraging that my numbers went down but i've done this long enough to know that there are reasons and it's not a big deal i mean it makes sense yeah well and also looking at the data with our spreadsheet um plugging in these these three points the 20 minute aerobic test the four minute and one minute anaerobic test into our spreadsheet computes a fatigue rate, how much your power drops off as these durations increase. And that is how we estimate or calculate our um, power capabilities for extended periods, you know, to work outwards to like FTP and those sorts of things. Your fatigue rate went down because, because of just that. Your anaerobic capability decreased, but your aerobic or more sustainable power increased meaning your endurance improved. So your fatigue rate went from the first test, it was 6.3%, went down to 5.1%. Hmm. So your FTP, or what we call our 64-minute power, your hour power, actually went up a few watts. Went from I think 214, 214 to 222. 222. Even just, though your yeah, anaerobics went down. Yeah, well, it's because you're becoming more aerobically fit losing a little on the top end, but you're gaining a lot in the, the bottom and middle aerobic end. So your endurance is better. 
So now your ability to high, hold higher power for an hour, 64 minutes, goes mm. up. That, that's, that number relates the most you know, closely to functional threshold power. So that's how that goes up. So, so would oh, you say that I had improvement then, even though oh, some of my numbers went down, that overall there's the, the trend towards more fitness? Absolutely. Because the target of training was improving your aerobic energy system, your aerobic base. Okay. And that went up. So that, that right there is a success. And then the fact that your FTP number, or your 64-minute power, went up, even though it's you know, 6 watts, but that's still going up. So how, eight, I don't see how you can... 8 watts. So when we do the next training, the next block of training on the trainer, mm-hmm. we're switching from focusing on heart rate to a percentage of our 64-minute power, correct? For our 8-minute blocks? Well, so moving into the next training block, and I was going to talk, well, we talked about that in the last episode, but... Um, I'll tell you what I'm getting at. <clears throat> yeah, what are you getting Because at? my FTP went from 214 to 222. Mm-hmm. That means if the training now is based on my FTP, that I'll be doing harder intervals, more work than had I not retested. Yeah, it'll be a little more. Right. Like but, all but your, slightly more. All your zones went up okay. a couple of percent. Yeah, so the numbers you're going to be targeting in your intervals will be a few watts higher. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, that's how, that's progression. That's how you get better. Um, now, an interesting case study here, and I want to bring this up because maybe there's others out there following along remotely that experience something similar. Um, as one gentleman in, in the noon class, his 20-minute uh, aerobic power went up from 220 to 233. Mm-hmm. Congrats. I mean, that's a good improvement. Um, but his four, make sure I say this correctly. Yeah, his four minute went down two watts. Not a big deal. Um, and then his went down two watts. Yeah. And then his one minute actually went up substantially from 389 to 447. Is this Bill? That's Bill. Go Bill. So his one minute power went up big time. And that's exciting to, to think about. And I would credit most of that to the strength training. Yeah, he's been doing. very consistent with yeah. his attendance to strength class. Exactly. So, how much did his aerobic power go up? From 220 to 233. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Now, what happened though is because his four minute power essentially stayed the same, 304 and 302, we'll call mm-hmm. that the same, but his one minute power went up substantially from 389 to 447, what happens? His fatigue rate increases, increases significantly in, uh, from 5.5% to just over 8%. So what that does is it means you're losing power, losing endurance, losing watts as durations increase. So if you calculate that out from the four-minute power in in the calculator, then it goes to the eight-minute power, 16-minute power, 32-minute power, 64-minute power. Between 32-minute power and 64-minute power is where our FTP falls. Um, And I like to just use 64-minute power. His FTP actually went down substantially from 243 to 215. Oh my. So what was interesting is when he first saw his improvements, he's like, oh, my aerobic power's up. That's awesome. Four minute power down two, not a big deal. One minute up, huge. That's awesome. And then you put it in the spreadsheet and you're like, <laughs> oh, it's like, wah, wah, wah. And my FTP <laughs> went down substantially. What the hell? So it's easy then to think, oh, 
that that how does that work like it looks like i basically improved but yet now this one number looks like i did terrible and and went backwards but you have to keep all in perspective you got to take a you know wide angle look at things and see again that what were we training aerobic base aerobic threshold that went up that's good and then that heavy strength training that improved his one minute power so that was good now, in this next phase, we're going to be focusing in, gradually progressing towards more and more of like 16-minute power, 8-minute power, 4-minute power. And those anaerobic numbers will go up in the next training block, in the next test. So if he can sustain the aerobic improvements and the heavy lifting strength improvements and now layer in the anaerobic power and get those numbers to go up, his fatigue rate then will kind of come back to a level amount. And to be clear, his at 5.5%, 5.5% is a pretty low fatigue rate. So there's a chance that his one-minute power just maybe his test wasn't as good the first time through and it was a little artificially low or he just was like lacking lots of strength back in October. So that kind of created this super low fatigue rate which inflates your FTP number, which is one reason why I don't like getting all stuck on FTP. Um, that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. Um, and this time he really went for it in that one minute power because he's a lot stronger. Yeah, now. he really did. Yeah, so it kind of skews things. So it's it's a long way around of getting getting to saying, don't get disappointed if you're seeing improvements in the in those test numbers, but then a decrease in that FTP. Do not get discouraged with that. If your fatigue rate goes from low to high. It's okay. Okay, so how does he put that into his training for the next block? How does he put a lower FTP? Do you put a lower FTP into the studio software? No. So we're not going to train based off of a percentage of FTP. Oh, we're not. Okay. Right. We're going to do this in level mode. We have our target zones. What the test results are telling him, and we know Bill from several years now, that he's like an endurance machine. He can go all day long. Like yeah, he's one of those can. like lean but strong, you know, can just ride, ride, ride until and no, he one, does. no one is there to <laughs> ride with him. Yeah. So we know his fatigue rate is low. And subsequently, there, we had a good guess that he was probably not very sharp on the top end. So the fact that he improved his top end is what's exciting. Like he's, he's worked and improved his weakness. Right, mm, which right. was that top end. So now he's that's one of the missions of off season training is improve your weakness, and he did that. So now, and he, we're going to continue to work on his weak, weakness, but also his fatigue rate will come back and balance out again as as he gets more of those longer rides. He has all those miles in him from years and years and years of riding. That this is not something to get worried about, and so it, yeah, it's just part of the whole process okay all right so it doesn't it doesn't mean he'll be doing less work for his training next block because his ftp went down right right and okay. he's going to continue to get stronger and you know those endurance miles are still there and yeah all those things will balance out in the next test i guarantee you okay another thing that st stuck um stuck out to me was Rob, one of our evening guys, and he's trained with us for a couple years. Mm -hmm. He did level last year. He did awesome. I can't remember what it was, but we highlighted him. Yeah. Last year for how well he did Leadville, but he he had 
come into our base builder program like after sitting on the couch for a couple months. Yeah. And so he was pretty unfit when he started in October. And mm-hmm. I think he jumped up about 20% across the board for all his numbers. Yeah. Big improvement. Which is cool. It's like it was there. He just had to like ignite it, ignite the fitness again. Right. And that's a great thing knowing if, you, if you've been training for several years, all that fitness is still inside you, even though you might not be able to use it in the you know current state. But... In eight short weeks, yeah, I mean, he brought he it back. He's probably darn there. close to where he was last year. Yeah. And now hopefully he'll improve and, you know, be above where he was last year by the end of the yeah, next Yeah, I thought fall. that was cool. So, yeah. He, he kind of got back into shape pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So overall, yeah. it, it was a great success. So we'd love to hear from anyone out there in the remote base builder land, if anyone's following our program and wants to share um, their results. I would love to hear yeah, that. Yeah, send us an email. Let us know how things went. Um, you know, we can highlight you in the next couple episodes of the show. Or the strength the show. stuff, too. Or the strength stuff, Just yeah. Just send in an email or go on our forum and tell us how it went or if you have questions about how to interpret your results now. Because yeah. it can be confusing. I that's It's been good to talk about it Yeah, there's you. a lot of different nuances, especially to the how the fatigue rate works. And, you know, you see some numbers go up and some numbers go down, and it can be a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But, um I mean, the, the last thing, and we'll move on to the next topic, but it's like our, our fitness is a constantly evolving thing, you know? So when people say like, well, my FTP is 300 and it's like always 300, that's, it doesn't really work that way. It's constantly <laughs> going up and down. And, you know, the best thing to do is test fairly frequently every couple of months and identify what I like about the fatigue rate model is that you can see very quickly by the changes in your fatigue rate if you're improving on the lower aerobic end or are you improving on the higher strength speed power end Mm -hmm. and you constantly want to be trying to balance that fatigue rate around the seven or so percent range so if it starts creeping on a little above that then you know you need to work a little more on the endurance end and if if it starts dipping below that then you need to make sure you're getting your strength training in and you're doing your higher intensity intervals and continuing to keep it well another benefit of the frequent testing is to make sure you keep your um like your benchmark numbers and your settings of training peaks up to date so your tss is is um accurate oh yeah would you touch on that a little bit yeah so after any of these tests um for all our athletes you definitely need to make sure you go in and update your zones in training peaks and any of your devices that you're using for sure. So calculate the FTP through the spreadsheet that you mm-hmm. have given them right? and then go into the settings of training peaks and put that FTP number and possibly you're going to change your, um, your, um, max heart rate. If you, if you saw a new max heart yeah. rate or, or something, that's not as important it's in not as the important. settings, but, okay. Okay. Uh, but you certainly can do that. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to do that because the training peaks software keeps track of the work you do each week mm-hmm. so and to help you not overtrain. But if you don't have your um, numbers in there accurately, you're not going to be grabbing the, the data properly. Yeah, it'll skew it. Okay. So, yeah, that's a good point, though. Always make sure whenever you test and you identify a new FTP number that it's accurate in your training peaks okay. zones. Absolutely. Even though we don't train by FTP, um, and that's a different topic, um, but and we have a whole episode, one of our earlier episodes was on that. Um, it's still, we use that number, that FTP number, because Training Peaks uses it to calculate um, TSS and 
work the performance management chart. In the yeah, lab. I think that's important. Um, yeah, and go back. It's one of our earlier episodes. We talk about how to best use training peaks, and it, we talked a lot about that kind of thing. So, um, good. I think we kind of yeah yeah. If, if we didn't that. hit everything, and if you have questions, just send us an email. Okay, should we talk about our week in Arizona? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. That was fun. We haven't really like dissected. Yeah, you it and yet. I haven't talked because yesterday, even though we had like a fifteen-hour car ride. We were kind of too tired to talk. Like you had some podcast on, and I was playing a stupid wordscape game on my phone. And yeah, I'm kind of curious what you thought about the week. And I mean, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So I to recap, too. like we were down in Cave Creek, Arizona, staying at your mom's ranch, mm-hmm. uh, which worked out perfectly. Um, the best part was that all 11 kids on our WeDevo team were able to join us. Yeah, that was. I didn't so think that was going to happen. Freaking but, fun. Yeah. So we had 11 kids, including our daughter Sophia. Couple of the parents were there, and that was really fun to have them um, be a part. And very of it helpful too. as well. Very helpful. Yeah. Like big shout out to Steve and and Kim Asseltine. They helped a, a ton. Yeah, and Todd was on our rides. Nate's dad. And that was Todd great helped to have another adult. Fix some flats and things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and buy us some gummy bears and stuff. Right. Um, so I think just think it worked out. Like, number one, the kids are great kids, and they enjoy being together. So there was a lot of laughter and, and fun. Um, somebody, Toby, I think, brought spike ball. <laughs> so they just... <laughs> they got addicted to that. They got they just had so much fun together. Yeah. When we, we kicked things off, so our, our QRA team kits for 2020, mm-hmm. um, I planned ahead and had them shipped to the ranch in Arizona, um, knowing that they'd likely arrive um, just before our camp, which they did, which was great. And so it was really fun to be able to like everyone showed up and it's like here's our new kits and yeah you know that's always an exciting time new yeah, kit it's like day Christmas is fun and um, they're beautiful the fresh like, chamois we'll, we'll update like our finally we took some pictures so we can actually update the the website and show like the new team yeah and highlight the kids because we haven't been able to update update that yet um, yeah so everyone had their new bikes their new helmets new kits it was like really yeah, cool it was really cool like it like filled my heart with so much joy. When I would watch the line of blue, like on the road or on a trail, because I was always like the caboose in the back, and everyone just looked so cool and sharp and yeah, the professional. Kids like it was just so exciting to see them all in a line of blue going around the trails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everywhere we went, you could see people whether they're driving or other cyclists, like double taking, and everyone's like, "Oh, you guys look like a is this a pro team?" And yeah, yeah pretty was... much. <laughs> Every, we got well, a lot of good looks. Yeah, the, um, on Monday, I think we were at Spur Cross um, Trails, and the the lady who was volunteering and like collecting the money to, mm-hmm. for us to get in the trails asked if we had been at McDowell Park the day before. Oh, because she had saw us she had there. Seen us, seen yeah. us there, yeah. And I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, so should we just quickly go through the week, what yeah. we did? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so we, well, we were there through the Christmas holiday, um, and then just our family, yeah, our family, and then um, yeah, most it's all a blur. We well, our first the, ride was Sunday, right? Yeah, most of the riders arrived on Saturday, right? So people started showing up Saturday. We got kind of situated, all the grocery shopping, all that kind of stuff. Then Sunday we did um, a pretty substantial ride. Yeah, seventy three miles. Yeah, we anyone in the Phoenix area, uh, we rode from Cave Creek out through like Brown's Ranch, which is a lot of fun single track, and out to McDowell Mountain Park, which, which is, is my a favorite lot more part. single track. We did essentially every trail in McDowell Mountain Park, um, and then made our way back through 
did we go back through Brown? It doesn't matter. But we made our way back. So it ended up being, it was like 70-something miles. 73 miles, like 4,000 feet of climbing Yeah, and, you know, I'd say 60% or more of the miles were on trail. Yeah. Um, and just a really good ride, you know, to kick things off. So um, then day two, we did... Um, the C4 loop. The C4 loop. So that's in Cave Creek. That's a, It's a shorter ride. It was only maybe three hours, but it's a lot more like rocky, technical, a lot of like steep, punchy climbs. And some sustained climbs. And too. some sustained climbs. So it's a very fatiguing three hour we ride. We were exhausted when we got back from that one. Yeah. It's one of those ones where you look at the, the like a file or, you know, or a map and you're like, oh, three hour ride and not that big a deal. But it was like three hours and we got like, I think I got like a hundred and 60 or 70 TSS or something. And it wasn't like I was going hard, but just completing the trail. Yeah. I mean, there are some so significant climbs, and it's pretty rocky in parts, and you just cannot stop, like, focusing, and um, which is a, which is pretty draining in right. itself. Like, the, the determined focus not to fall. <laughs> right, right. But it was, that was fun. A little muddy in spots, but, um, oh, and we did the KOM, like, the, that little challenge at Go John oh, right. Trail. So like two over two hours in, um, we set up where we did a basically a five six minute um, KOM like max effort up this trail. Uh, it's like a one mile climb that takes five or six minutes, um, and it was the idea was you know we're tired on fatigue legs, and it's like now we're gonna go as hard as we can for five or six. It minutes. was so painful. Yeah, and it's just I fun. almost puked when we got up there. It's just one of the, it's a great little stimulus to see to teach them too. Like, okay, we're we're tired, and we know we're not going to have our best result, but we're just going to go for it anyway. And most of them were just like, oh, I, you know, kind of like him and Han about how they're not going to do that great or it's going to be hard. No, they did great. Which it is hard, but yeah, it's like you after the first minute of the interval, it's like. You settle in and you just go hard, and it's no different than late in a race when you have to bridge a gap or make an attack or something. So it's a lot of mental yeah. stuff there for them to see. Like I'm tired, but I can still do this and go hard and right, right, and finish well. So well, that... Sophia captured the QOM. Oh yeah, that was she did. Cool. Yeah, I was a little bit annoyed she beat me, but <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah. Shout out to my girl. Yeah, that's really good. And yeah, I think I was only like 30 seconds off my best time of that. So yeah. Um, so it was all good. And then, so that was Monday. Then Tuesday, um, we did a big one. Oh my God. And the kid, this is the coolest thing about Tuesday is that everyone was exhausted when they woke up. I know some, some people were nervous, myself included, mm-hmm. that I didn't have anything left in me to tackle another 70 plus mile day. Right. And like, and, and everyone did. And like, what a mental victory it was for, Yeah. especially Kennedy, I'll just say it. She was so freaking tough that day yeah. and and that was her biggest three-day training she's ever had yeah and it was a lot more single tracks and tough climbs like in the middle portion and it would it end up being for you guys like a six hour 70 oh, right. eight, so almost 80 mile ride some of us cut off and went home and we got 70 miles almost exactly okay and then two-thirds of the group you guys added on. We did the extended portion, like the long way back, um, and got additional miles. And then on top of that, a handful of them. Oh, God, they were so funny. It was dark by the time we got home, um, but they wanted to get their 100 miles Yeah, in. they were at 89 miles. Right. And, and so, um, so I showed them there's yeah. this perfect carless, literally one mile exactly loop around this neighborhood, just right, right beside the ranch where we were staying. 
and they could ride in the dark safely and do, they just did laps. They did 11 more laps around this one mile neighborhood loop in the dark as a group and uh, got their 100 miles in, which was kind of fun to see. I mean, that that's a sign of, you know, of champions in my opinion. Yeah, it's like the people that you have to like tell them to get off their bike rather than like push them out the door to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a big day. So 70 to a hundred miles, depending on the individual, um, and a solid amount of climbing and just really good. So everyone was pretty gassed after that, which was perfect timing because Wednesday was our recovery day. Um, we were a little mean. Yeah. So the recovery day was recovery off the bike, but the, we had them, uh, we took them on a hike on Paestrua Peak, which is this mountain right in the middle of Phoenix. Um, it's basically Arizona's version or Phoenix's version of the, the, incline. the incline we have down in Manitou Springs. Right. Um, it's like a mile, maybe a mile and a half, more or less straight up, like a rocky trail. But what's fun, I guess like the incline as well is like, there's like hundreds of people and this was new year's day too. So literally hundreds of people going up and down this mountain (laughs) of all shapes and sizes and fitness levels. And, um, so they had a great time just doing that. And it's like, you, you get up and, um, a couple of them actually ran up, which Uh, was pretty funny, but, um, and one, one of the kids gave himself a migraine from it because he was so tired. (laughs) Right. So that was really fun. So the idea was like a team bonding kind of thing. Well, it's it's a beautiful experience. We had taken our children up there a couple of years ago, and, and the views at the top of Paestua Peak are fantastic. Yeah, it's 360 degrees around like the entire Phoenix Valley. So Yeah, so I knew it was a little bit crazy to do on a recovery day, but it was like maybe an hour tops, and I just wanted them to have the experience of you know, enjoying this yeah. experience together. And then for me, from the coach's mind, it's like, I actually wanted to make their legs sore. Oh, you did. It's kind of devilish, <laughs> but I wanted to make them their legs sore. So the next day we had another huge ride. In fact, our hardest ride of the whole camp. So the idea was they were going to like wake up the next morning and be like, oh my God, my legs are so sore. But their butt and everything else got a break from not riding the day before. And now it's like, I don't know if I can do this ride, but showing them that it may take an hour or two into the next day's ride to feel decent again but you your body does come around and especially in longer distance races it's like there's many periods where anyone everyone myself included you feel like total crap and you you don't know if you can keep going but you just do and you come out the other end and you survive and maybe even thrive and that's what happened on Thursday the next day. Yeah, Thursday was a cool day. You, well, we forgot the second half of oh, Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Yeah, we took um, we planned for them to go to an escape room, which if you haven't done it, it's a really fun thing you can do. Basically, you're like locked into, not really locked, but you're you're put into this room and you have to solve clues and mysteries and riddles and puzzles in order to get out of the room. You usually have one hour to do so. Right. And so that was a fun team building. Yeah, they activity. almost made it. They did not make it out. Um, but apparently this particular room has like a 25% success rate and they, they felt like they were like within a minute of getting out. So yeah. they, they had a blast. It was fun. Yeah, I'm sure they had fun. And I would think it's kind of difficult with 11. Yeah, that's what Sophia she said. She said there's like so like many too many cooks people. in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. so many people. It was, it was tough. Yeah, so um, that so was then, a fun, fun recovery day. Then Thursday they got up a little earlier than they had been. Yeah, so Thursday was the big, it was the day like my where I kind of put my hands together and rubbed them together like <laughs> and gave an evil laugh of like okay here we go biggest day knowing they would be a little sore from the hike as well um so it was a huge ride um with lots of climbing i mean 
for more or less everyone, it ended up being 90 to 100 miles because if you did the, the bonus laps at the end to get their exact 100. Yeah, um, with, with about 9,000 about 9,000 feet of climbing. Feet of climbing Holy and crap. the climbing was extremely hard, especially in the end. The last climb is like one of the hardest climbs. Up Mount Humboldt? I've ever done, yeah. Um, so this one proportionately had much less trail and single track, had more gravel roads and paved roads. Um, we went out through McDowell, Brown's Ranch and McDowell. Then we cut through the desert on some really rugged Jeep roads and sandy washes to get over to Bartlett Lake Dam. And then there's a store there. So this was about three hours in, had Cokes and chips and candy and crap. And then um, climbed up out of Bartlett Lake mm-hmm. on the road, which is just a couple of like long, steady, not hard, but just long, steady climbs on the kind road. Kind of endless. You come around a corner Feeling, and you're yeah. like, oh, there's another one. Right. So that got him nice and tired, and then we peeked out uh, at a water stop, and then off in the horizon, I pointed at this little satellite station on top of this little peak <laughs> and said, that's where we're going next. That's Mount Humboldt. Um, they kind of knew it was coming. They just didn't know where it was. Well, they had no idea how steep it was. Right. So it's a couple of, a few miles to get out there on some rolling gravel roads, and then, um, yeah, then the climb itself is paved. I should have looked up the exact stats. It's something like three-ish miles, and you gain, I can't even remember, 3,000 feet of climbing or something. So, no, that's too much. Two, maybe 2,000 feet of climbing. You you end up at about 5,500 feet elevation mm-hmm. at the top, and it's very steep, and it's just sustained. <laughs> um, and not to mention, it's like we're five-plus hours into this, like, seven-hour ride at this point, and the big week. So everyone was struggling but loving it. Which yeah, was cool to see. They did it. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, and they did it. And yeah, then it was basically a race home to beat the sunset because mm-hmm. the sun was setting and um, and we made it. But we were out literally all day and accumulated those tough miles and everyone was so happy with themselves, which was which was I really was cool. so proud of them. Sadly, I missed that ride on Thursday. Um my knee was a bit sore, and I was trying to be smart and rest. So one of my thoughts from the week is that I, I learned more about like my own limitations and, and how I can tackle these training camps slash high-volume uh, training periods. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for me, I need to do like two – I can do two hard days or three moderate days before I have a day off. But Two we, long – you mean like kind of long days? Yeah, I can't do three hard days. Long and, days, yeah. You mean or, long or hard? Well, either. Okay. Well, that's not true because I did yeah. the, I did the Leadville stage race and that was hard. Three hard. I can't. Yeah. I can't do, as many hours as we did in the first three days because right. my one of my knees started swelling up and I had to take two days off. It was a bit of a bummer. I was disappointed to miss that exciting hundred mile day with you all on Thursday, mm-hmm. but thankfully it, it's fine. Like I, I rested. And I actually went and lifted weights while you guys were riding and. Then on Friday, we just did kind of like an easy two hours, and my knee was fine. Yeah, yeah. And so Friday, our last day, we got to sleep in a little bit, and we just did a little two-hour easy spin, a little bit of trail, some road, and stopped at the bakery, and everyone was definitely tired and like had this glazed <laughs> look on their face. Well, I was actually and... super like pumped and ready to oh, go. Oh, yeah, you were tearing I had, I had missed Thursday, so I was like, let's do it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, everyone else was completely gassed, <laughs> <laughs> which was good. That was the whole point. And then we packed up and cleaned up, and that was tiring as well. But um, yeah, and then made our way home. So it was great. I think 
what did Sophia add up? Like about 350 miles. Three, she did all the long stuff. I think 330 was like the max that the kids did. 330 miles. And like I only did 200. 28,000 feet of climbing or something like that. Um, so huge five, yeah, six days. So there. everyone yeah. needs some, some easy days. Yeah, it was really great. It was just a super fun experience. And, you know, I would consider it a successful training camp. Um, there might be a few things I'd do a little bit differently, but honestly, not a lot that I would do differently. Yeah, well, for me, I just know I have to space it out a little bit better so that I can do all of it. Yeah. Because it was so disappointing to miss Thursday. Right, right. But that's okay. I'll figure it out. Um, any other thoughts you have just about, like, how the week went or, like, what you saw the kids learning or... Well, I think we... Hopefully, we shared with them a lot on eating before and after rides mm -hmm. appropriately. I, I mean, feel like they did really well with it this time. They really did. Yeah, there wasn't... I mean, everyone, everybody was on the verge of bunking on the last day. But within the other rides, I think, yeah, we no one really had, like, catastrophic bunks mm -hmm. or anything. Um, you know, I think we, from, like, a nutritional standpoint, did very well. Like, I feel like our dinners were all really good. Um you know, breakfast, so they were fueled well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was impressed with how mature they were about going to bed early and getting sleep. Well, yeah. except for New Year's Eve, they some of them stayed up too late. But <laughs> other than that, like they all wanted to get nine, ten hours of sleep every night. Yeah, because they knew they had another big ride. That was up, so. that was great. Yeah, that was good. So I think I think it overall went really well. We. I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we, should we talk about? Um, are we done on that topic? I think so. Okay. Uh, so the last bit of the podcast episode here, we I want to touch on, um, we're going into week 20. So for those in our base builder in-house program listening or following along on our remote base builder program, we're going into the, the second, well, the third block really, but second block of the cycling, structured cycling um, training. And like I mentioned previously we're transitioning from purely an aerobic um, focus on the bike to now putting out a bit more power so um, it, and it can be a little bit confusing so we're going to be doing anaerobic threshold work for the first four weeks and I talked a lot about this in the last episode episode um, what was it 21 then some vo2 and then some anaerobic power but all of those energy systems are still aerobic energy systems so it, it's a little bit confusing because we're talking about anaerobic threshold that's the threshold between you know the aerobic and anaerobic energy systems but even vo2 max and anaerobic power is still predominantly the work being done is from the aerobic energy system it's just the higher intensity higher power output energy systems truly anaerobic work is like a minute or less, or maybe two minutes, under two minutes. Um, so I don't want people to get too confused. It's not that we're going, for lack of a better word, balls out on these intervals. Okay? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's still a very controlled, methodical, and we're still focused on the improving our aerobic energy system. We're just now focusing on like the top end of that. Okay. Okay. So next week, because even though we're going to put out like a significantly more power, we're not doing it for long enough to get our heart rate too high. Exactly. So 
the intervals themselves are now going to be structured in a way that there's they're the appropriate minutes of intervals and the appropriate amount of recovery intervals in between the work intervals that will keep our heart rates in check and not be too stressful, okay? So previously, the previous block, we had an 80% of max heart rate cap, essentially, to keep it on that low end, um, kind of zone two, zone three aerobic level, like the lower aerobic. Now we're gonna bump that up to about a 90% cap of max heart rate. Um, so if we're, if we're appropriately rested, appropriately fueled, and ready for these intervals, your heart rate really shouldn't exceed 90% of max heart rate until like the very end of the interval. It might get right up there. And then if it's designed, you know, it's designed in such a way that it'll get up there and then it's time to, the recovery mm -hmm. interval comes and mm -hmm. it comes back down and then you go again. And you're over time spending more and more minutes very close to that 90% of max heart rate. So next week, this coming week, um, we're doing the anaerobic threshold. We're targeting our 64-minute power, but we're going to start out very like a very easy introductory way, and we're just going to be doing sets of two-minute intervals at 64-minute power with mm, okay. a minute break. It sounds like a good baby step back yeah, into it. Yeah, so it's actually going to be quite easy. But for those two minutes, we're going to be putting out more or less your FTP power level for two minutes at a time and then have a quick recovery and then two minutes at a time, quick recovery. So... Heart rate will build up. It likely will take several intervals to get it up to mm -hmm. 90% because the intervals are so short. Then on Thursday, uh, we bump it up to four-minute long increments. And then the week following, um, it'll bump up to eight minutes. And then the week following after that, I think I have it where we do some 16-minute ones. Now, those will start to get pretty tough. Yes, those the are eight tough. and 16-minute ones are tough. But this first week, two-minute ones, four-minute ones. There's a lot of two-minute ones. It's quite a few four-minute ones. So we're just accumulating minutes at around that 64-minute power level um, and keeping our heart rate still in check. Now in the gym, and this is what I would recommend for those at home too, is we're going to do um, level mode or slope mode as right, opposed to right. erg mode. And in years past, we did erg mode. Is that yes, true? Yeah. Okay. We've, we've always done erg mode starting this block. So those that aren't familiar, erg mode is where the trainer – will control the resistance and put you at whatever that 64 minute power is or that FTP power and you just have to pedal it. <clears throat> I'm not a huge fan of erg mode. I don't think it's super realistic to outdoor riding. It's sort of like running on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. You're still running, but it's different. Um, you know, the I don't think the paces are quite equivalent to like outdoor running and so so it's very similar to that. Um so instead, we're going to do this in that slope or level mode. So it's going to be very important for everybody to, and I'll send an email reminder out to our in-house group, to know what your 64-minute power target is. And you want to do these two-minute intervals on Tuesday that right, right around right, right, those right. numbers. Um, and it should be very achievable. Okay, um, so if your FTP or your 64-minute power is 222, that, like, for me example, that I will do those two-minute intervals at 222. Right. Okay. Exactly. Thereabouts. I mean, it bounces yeah, around. Yeah, sure. Some, It'll hover. If you can do an average interval lap on your computer and kind of have the average be there, mm -hmm. you're, you're right on the money that way. Um, and keep it as close as you can. And the goal is your heart rate is not to exceed that 90% of max heart rate. So it's actually, it'll feel, you'll do the workout, you'll have done many, many minutes at around mm -hmm. that, you know, FTP or that anaerobic threshold number. But with, because they're short and broken up, 
it won't be that stressful. You'll fi- finish probably feeling like it wasn't so bad. Um, but be patient. The intervals will grow, <laughs> and they will become more challenging, even though the power is the same, but you're just holding it for longer duration. So that's week 20 um, on the bike. So it's going to be progressing. Um, so the first two weeks, we'll focus on that 64-minute power, which is the low end of anaerobic threshold. And then the two weeks after that, we'll focus on 32-minute power, um, which is the high end of anaerobic threshold. Um, so maybe like 100 to 105% roughly of FTP. And those will be some longer intervals as well. I think those start to become probably some of the more challenging workouts because you're holding pretty high power for a pretty long time, you know, eight minutes. Well, if nothing else, it's like a mental battle. Cause yeah. Because it's like, oh my God, 16 minutes of this and... right. Just sort of embracing it and exactly. accepting it. Exactly. But it's intentionally designed where this week is like a eases you back into <laughs> and introduces you to this higher power. Right, output. right. Um, if you want to do these in erg mode at home, you certainly can, but we're going to do it in slope slash level mode um, and keep it that way. What I like about that too is if you're having an off day, for whatever reason, your heart rate is going above that 90%, you can just sort of dial it back. Like if you're supposed to be at, say, 250 watts, and your heart rate gets well above 90% or gets there too quickly or whatever, you can just dial it back to 240 watts. might do the trick to keep you under, and you can do that. Where in erg mode, in a group setting, in the gym at least, you can't like dial an individual's back. Now at home, a lot of the software you can. You could like tap it down and yeah. make it work. Um, so that would be an option for some people. But in our group setting in the studio, I can't tap down... I can tap down the whole class, but not everybody. So, um, and the reason we don't want to go above 90% of max heart rate is because we're not trying to max ourselves out here. We're trying to apply just enough work, target that specific energy system, check that off our list, be able to recover from that easily. So we're ready to go on Thursday for the next workout and progress, you know, week to week to week rather than do so much and kill ourselves. And then, you know, you need extended recovery. So it's very much a patient game of doing just enough work to see the gains and no more than what's enough. Um, sort of the Preach it. underlying theme, theme there. Um, and then lastly in the gym, and we'll talk a lot more about this in this coming week's episode, strength training, uh, the heavy strength focus shifts a little bit to more of a stability focus. So we'll introduce some new movements, um, a lot of unilateral, single leg movements that incorporate balance and multi-joint movements and things. Um, also my favorite like core to extremity sets, um, which are also stability essentially. Um, and we'll talk more about that, but um, that's in the, all the YouTube videos are there for those following the remote plan um, on how to do those. But um, it's fun. It's my favorite phase in the, in the gym, honestly. I like the, the stability stuff. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that we covered a good amount of stuff. Yep. And that's good. Okay. Um, any final words of wisdom? <laughs> no. I think I'm pretty tired from our drive yesterday. Yeah, you look like you're falling asleep here. No. Um, <laughs> I'm just tired. Just tired. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Hopefully everyone got some training in over the holiday break. If you didn't, be prepared to feel a little sluggish the first few days or maybe even the first whole week getting back um but you will your fitness isn't lost if you didn't do anything over the holidays but hopefully you did some stuff so um 
and then in the case of our us and our team, our first week is actually more of a recovery week because we did a lot of stuff. So right, right, right. <laughs> so we got to be patient there, but um, all the plans should be there. Um, well, I guess like always, um, remember that if you're interested in joining our remote base builder program, you can do so, and this is a great time to do that because um, we're right in transitioning between blocks. So you can get on our website, in, um, endurance.session6.com, and under the, uh, just Google remote base builder, you'll find it. I'll put the show, the links in the show notes too, but you can join, um, it's 200 bucks for the next, um, we still have four more months worth, we're going to have two more months of base building and then two months of race prep mm -hmm. built into this package. So for 200 bucks, you can get all four months that are remaining um, and join us and train at home just like we're doing here. And then we also have our stock plans too available on Training Peak. So links are in the, the show notes that uh, will be attached. So we'll do that. And then lastly, um, if you like what you're listening to, um, give us a uh, review um, on iTunes. Yeah, that'd be really appreciated. Yeah, the more five-star reviews we can get, the better. And um, and if you feel inclined to leave a, an actual um, review where yeah, you say like how cool we of, are. Yeah, please tell us how cool we are. Right, how, how much you enjoy listening to us. That, those are those go a long ways, too, to help us in the search engine functionality. So, um, very good. All right, um, thanks so much thanks for again. listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Sounds good. Bye-bye.